0: Welcome to the Immigrant's Journey podcast, and today we have with us Remy Stuczynski, Polish immigrant living in the U.S. He used to live in Ireland, back in the U.S. He is also the owner of TRM Transport, LLC, and he's going to be discussing with us his struggles, triumphs, and tribulations as a lifelong immigrant. Welcome, Remy.
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: I'm doing excellent. Now, just for the audience to know, Remy is one of my oldest friends. We know each other, what, nearly 20 years at this stage?
1: But uh, I would say so at least, yeah.
0: Now, how old were you when you came to, uh, to the United States from Poland?
1: I was 18 years old.
0: Was that your first experience living abroad?
1: First experience specifically, uh, probably one of the biggest things I've ever done in my life. Is to do this because it was very far away and there was a country that i used to dream about but i never thought i would put my foot on
0: what was it like when you were first there when you first arrived
1: oh wow it was uh, very overwhelming people called me by my address because they couldn't say my name <laughs> <laughs> so i went to uh, institutions like social security office which uh you know gives you a social security card etc which you have to have everybody in the united states has one they they called me you have to wait and then they called me by address and i got lost several times trying to drive around in a 1985 buick (laughs) and uh, everything was way too big and way too strange for me and uh i i spoke some english but it was more of a british english rather than the American English did you
0: learn um, English in school or was your mom an English teacher what was
1: the situation yeah so my mom was an English teacher uh, in Poland but she did not teach me any English she sent me to like uh, one of her friends that was also a um, English teacher and uh, this this lady taught me the basics of English language and uh, that's that I, I like I said I when I came over here I I was able to speak speak, you know, simple sentences. I was able to work. I did not know anything really. So yeah, completely overwhelming.
0: What made you want to stay?
1: I did not want to stay.
0: (laughs) Okay. So why did you stay?
1: I at first was coming back and proud. So I came, I stayed the first time I came out here, I stayed for about three months and then I went back and I didn't come back for another six months. So the reason I kept coming back here was probably for the reason that most people come down to the United States to make money, and then spend it over in in our country
0: right. of origin.
1: So back then, uh, even till today, dollars worth almost four of of, of equivalent equivalent Polish uh, currency. So back then it was even more uh, unreal. So basically, when I was here and I was making 250 dollars a week, that would be like three months worth of salary in poem
0: that's amazing that's a huge difference for sure
1: yeah and i was in love with a girl that i used to go out and when you know from high school times so i mean when i came over i was a big baller you know what i'm saying
0: right right you came back full of money
1: yeah and i used to love to you know basically party and that's all i did was party and buy shit for myself and everybody else around me, and then when I was running out of money, I would just come back to the United States and work
0: some so when you came to the United States, when did you choose to kind of leave Poland behind and make the u s more your permanent residency?
1: When I met my second ex-wife
0: okay <laughs> <laughs> okay the yeah love is usually the reason why people travel and stay abroad, so that's yeah. That that that's a very uh, traditional yeah. route to travel, but then you guys ended up going to Ireland.
1: Indeed, uh, we got kind of into the point to the point where uh, things were difficult because. Um, so I was not a citizen of the United States at that point. However, I was a legal resident of the United States, so I had the so-called green card. Yes, but my spouse was uh was illegal that proved to be a kind of a big issue and she was limited to as far as what she could do and again i was a bit of a party head and i didn't really care that much about stuff all i wanted to do is basically make money and then party you know that's that's that was that was truly my goal of my life (laughs) so (laughs)
0: and,
1: and, and unfortunately i have wasted a lot of time and opportunities and a lot of money uh having that kind of lifestyle but on the other hand, you know nobody's gonna take those memories away from me. So <laughs> that's
0: a very good
1: point. I sort of regret it, but sort of don't. You know what I'm saying? But uh, but I would have totally. I met her, and I was you know I was done. So I was cooked. <laughs> and so yeah, so we had a a very interesting relationship, I should say. We still do. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> sort of. <laughs>
0: um so but then you decided to move to ireland so tell me about that experience
1: okay so i had a a a best friend at that time that i've known for years and years and years and he recently moved to ireland and he was you know he spent some time with me in the united states uh but he so he eventually went back to poland and he moved with his family to ireland and he was very very adamant that ireland is awesome and so on and so forth and we kind of had this dreamy Idea about Ireland, you know, the castles and the green and the, and the gorgeous hills and and the Irish people and the tales of knights and and romant, We're we're romant, I'm, I'm a very romantic person by nature, and I don't mean that that I you know I'm mushy and I buy flowers to every girl I meet. But what I what I mean is it's more of a kind of like an I should have been born in medieval times. let let's put it this way. But I was always thinking of myself, you know, to be a knight and rescue the damsel in distress and that kind of so I, I i you know i grew up living those kind of tales and uh, I'm, a, I'm a very avid uh, video game player so i kind of grew up doing you know thinking in those terms and i thought yes. that i can apply that to reality which doesn't work unfortunately but uh anyway so all these romantic ideas about uh, ireland that i had and i still do um have them even though i know what the reality of, of living in ireland is but I still find that country amazing and and absolutely beautiful. And who knows? I mean, if I, if I had a chance of living there again, I probably would not say no to it, but I don't know. Anyways. So, um, he kind of sold me on that idea. And, uh, I asked my wife at the time, I said, so what do you think? And, uh, you know, it was a big move for her as well. And, but we ended up agreeing that we will do this. So I, Went first, and I waited there a couple of months, uh, maybe two, three months, and then she joined me as well. Um, of course, we screwed up some kind of paperwork or something, so there's a whole or- ordeal about that. You know, government is, Irish government is not very prompt to help you or do something.
0: <laughs> no, it's a very long wait. I know from personal experience, it's painful.
1: Yeah, and you usually can't get anything done the first time anyway. So she joined me eventually, and then uh, everything worked out. For whatever reason i this is again something that i found throughout my life um when people don't aren't able to express correctly you know what they want or what they need in the language of the land they for whatever reason are being looked upon as they're stupid or they don't know anything about anything and that's not simply not the case or in the most situations,
0: exactly. They're just learning, it's not, like it's completely different vocabulary, yeah. etc. But I th- and I think yeah. that's one of the reasons why a lot of immigrants are probably slower to learn the language, like if it's a new language to them, because they're embarrassed, because they don't want to be perceived as stupid. They don't want to be perceived as like I don't belong here. But the only way that you learn is through practice. And but let me tell you something. I don't think I've never seen intelligent people. Discriminate against anyone who's learning the language for the first time. No offense to the thick individuals I have known throughout my life, but it's usually people that mock people for trying to learn something new. But
1: if you're if you're if you truly are, you know, thinking less of someone because they don't speak the language that you speak as well as you do, that just points to me that you're you're just a you're a limited person. You don't you, your your horizons are not very broad.
0: Exactly. Now, contrast for me your experience as an immigrant in the United States versus Ireland, because really you've had two immigrant experiences in the U.S. The first time that you went mm-hmm. in your late mm-hmm. teens, and then the second time in your 30s.
1: Well, obviously, it was a million times easier for me when I was 30, because simply put, I had more life experience than just being a completely, you know, g- complete greenhorn, as they, as they call them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I already knew what people are about to a certain degree, obviously. And I definitely honed my language skills. And I will say this to every immigrant out there. If you work on your language skills, 90% of your barriers are gone at that point. So that, that's super important, I would say. But um, again, so when I came to, to Ireland, I had way more life experience. So I was able to read people better. I was able to learn people quicker if you know what i'm trying to say yes um and and i was able to discern things much much easier versus when i was a teenager but that's simply because of my life experience the difference definitely was that i felt that irish people were way more welcoming than the americans and that was to me kind of amazing because again it went with the idea that i had about ireland you know how ireland is gorgeous and beautiful and romantic and all that yes so I worked at a, I worked at a courier service and I went to this lady's house to bring her her, um, parcel, her, yeah, her her parcel, whatever. And uh, she's like, oh yeah, coming in. And she made me sandwich with, with like crab meat. And I'm like, what the fuck? Sorry, (laughs) pardon my friends, But I was, I was absolutely taken aback. I was like, who does this? Like, she's going to like rape me or something. She was older. I mean, she was kind of hot too, but, (laughs) <laughs> or, you know, in a MILF way and, and I was just like what is this woman doing? But no, she just offered me a sandwich and we sat down and we chatted a bit and that was it and I'm like, my goodness, this would never happen in the United States, never. Um, Do you think
0: this would happen in some of the southern states? Because I find that there's a difference between the hospitality and like the friendliness of country people versus city people.
1: Right, right. And then I was just going to say that exactly. Now that I I moved from North West and of America, so like Illinois, Wisconsin area yeah. down south. So well, now I live in South Carolina, and, and people in South Carolina are way more welcoming, and way more okay with people, with new people, as long as you don't rob them the wrong way. I mean, exactly. they're very, they're very particular, and it's definitely to move, moving down south in the United States is, is like moving country, literally. Okay. okay. I mean, a guy, my, my neighbor that is my best friend now, the day I showed up there with my semi-truck, and my semi-truck was literally filled to the brim. Now, for all the Irish people and for all your listeners that live in Ireland and never been in the United States, uh, American semi-truck is approximately 85 feet long with the trailer.
0: That's massive.
1: So, and thirteen 13.6 high. <laughs> I mean, it's a big box. And then the trailer itself is 53 feet long. So it's not your yokey pokey lorries that are running around Ireland. <laughs> uh, and no offense to that, but it, I mean, seriously, and, and we, you know, we have the long nose in the truck versus the over cabs in, in Ireland, et cetera. Yeah, and, since I, and, and since I have a transportation company, I always come back to that a little bit, but the guy comes out and says, Hey, my name is Wilson. And uh, so he's, the guy comes out, He says, hey, my name is Wilson. Do you need a hand? I literally offered to help me to unload a semi-truck. I and mean, who does that? Nobody does that, especially not in the United States. I was I was shocked. I was shocked. And uh we 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 live right next to each other, so home to home. There's maybe a gap between my land and his land, there's maybe twenty feet, twenty-five feet, something like that. We got so close with with, with them. They're a young couple, they're working on a, on their first kid, and us being a little bit young, older um couple. Anyway, so I, I have never ever experienced this in the United States before. However, I experienced something similar in Ireland and I and I have met a lot of people in Ireland that were super helpful and super nice to me. Uh and I'm sure it helped greatly that again I I'll go back to the language skill. If I didn't have a language skill, I don't think I would have I would have fared that well in Ireland. And uh I you know, later as I as I lived there I moved on to my own I'm kinda of, I'm that kind of a person. I'm a very um I'm a very, uh, how may I say it? Um, yeah, I'm a hustler. I'm a very hardworking person. And I, I work hard and I, and I like to make money. I like money and I like to spend money. And that's the truth.
0: <laughs> I know you like to spend money. <laughs>
1: you, you know that. You know that very well. So, <laughs> But uh, you know, the more money I make, the more money I can spend. Yeah. So this is even better. And I always said I'm never going to be a money collector. Because I, I, I find that stupid. Because when I die... What is, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. So, so I might as well make memories rather than just collect money and be some douchebag, you know? Not that everybody that collects money is a douchebag, but you know what You You know my, you know the gist of what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I don't need to be a billionaire. I don't want to need that. With Ireland, Ireland is smaller, way smaller than the United States. It's so much easier to disappear in the United States. It's like you, you, you literally are feeling like just another number in the queue. And in Ireland, it's completely different because everybody's more familiar with you because even the area you live in, if you lived there for long enough, everybody's going to recognize you and know who you are. And one way or another, they will accept you, whether, whether they accepted you at first or not. I love the, the feeling of, sm- of smaller place in Ireland. I, I love that, especially if you have everything accessible to you as far as like modern you know stuff like i don't know like going to an italian restaurant or having a gym or or all the modern amenities exactly stuff that makes civilization civilization basically
0: so let me ask you you, you've said loads of nice and positive things about ireland but what has been the Mm -hmm. most difficult obstacle that you had to overcome in relation to doing well in ireland during the time that you were here
1: the most difficult thing that i that i've found in ireland was the dumbasses that work for the so-called government social stuff <laughs> uh, institutions and, and 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 if my my pump for hot water broke in my apartment in ireland yeah it took uh two weeks to come and fix it two fucking weeks without i'm like who, who, who are you people like why don't you just get on it you know, it's like, oh, okay, I'll be there on Thursday. He just forgot to say which day of the month, which Thursday of the month.
0: <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I'm gonna tell you a story about a friend of mine. So a friend okay. of mine's uh, building a house in Fermanagh, right? And he got mm-hmm. this Tyler to come in and do the tiles in the bathrooms and the kitchen. Yeah. This fella kept on promising that he would come and didn't come. I want to say he strung him along for like about six to eight months no exaggeration like the yeah. level of poor customer service amongst tradesmen is unreal and it's actually quite notorious in this country like they'll just fob you off because if they don't need the money they, they don't care to be doing the work it's really exactly
1: risky. that's that's exactly right so that to me was an absolute no-go because again and, and, and you've known me for so long i might be everything and people can call me anything but one thing you will never Knowing me so well, you would never call me somebody that, I, that doesn't work hard or doesn't take care of his stuff or doesn't take care of his job. Or, you know, like for me, being not punctual is a is a death sentence. If you if you're not gonna if you're not if you're gonna tell me you're gonna be there at 10 o'clock and then at 10 o'clock comes and you didn't call me while you're not there and then you don't show up and you don't call my you don't answer my calls etc. It's like you slap me in the face and spit in my mouth because you don't care about my time. Clearly, my time is not good enough for you. And it's not important enough for you. The worst thing about Irish, like I said, tradesmen and all that, is that I call another guy, and it's the same situation. I call I another guy in, in uh, down in West Cork, where everybody, everything is, you know, has got two basically two gears, you know, very slow or full stop. That's it. You just don't have any other speeds, and, and you know, so it's very frustrating to get that done. The other thing, like I said, is the is the people that supposed to help you. So you go from you go to one place, and they tell you to uh, go on. You got to go somewhere else. So you go somewhere else. Then they tell you to go back to there. But then you tell them, no, 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 no. They told me to come here. Oh, okay. Well, maybe in your situation, you got to go to a third person to a different. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And, <laughs> and, and the people that supposed to know the information that you need don't know the information that you need. The bureaucracy in Ireland is atrocious. I will say this I kind of understand why they have all this red tape and that's because Ireland is a very socially oriented country so like welfare wise and, and and all kinds of perks for the for the people that live there the residents citizens etc it's it's unbelievably more than it is in the United States <laughs> you keep, in the United States you're in dole for 6 months and if you didn't get your job in 6 months bye that's it yeah no nobody cares. You li- live on the street if you have to. I mean it doesn't matter to, to to the government, so you can ask for extensions and blah blah blah, but it only trust me, people that you know can't can't cope with themselves do that kind of stuff you know if you ha- if you If you have not found a job in the United States in six months, there's something totally wrong with you. like you need to go check yourself out because the ease of you know the ease of getting job here is crazy.
0: Well, that's, that's that's a positive thing that there's plenty of employment. I mean, I suppose some people are not willing to do any type of job, especially if they there have a level over a certain point. But right,
1: so you know, I you I I think you're kind of nailing the point, and I think this is also probably something good to for everybody to hear. Just because you know, just because you're highly sought after, I don't know, specialized skilled, person in, in the country of your origin or something like that that doesn't mean that that's gonna happen for you in the in the next country that you live in sometimes you have to quote unquote stoop down to do something completely that you you know that a monkey can do as they say or, or you know or a chimp can do because like I, and again you know me and I've I've been a janitor I've been a ditch digger I've worked for contractors I like, oh my god I, th- I mean I think I've done everything that can be done as far as menial work except Flipping burgers. That's the only thing I have not done. No, no. I even worked as a, as a, as a, how uh, I forgot what they call it. But anyway, my job basically was to stack bottles on shelves that I look fine for people to grab them. I mean, again, zero brain power for that, zero any power really for that. But I did it. Why? Because I don't like to not work. I don't like, I'm, I'm one of those guys that if you don't work, you don't eat. That's it. Mm-hmm. Not that I haven't been on Dole before, because that would not be true.
0: <laughs> no, but sometimes you're just stuck and you need in between. But like, even when you were here and you were on the Dole, then mm-hmm. once, you could, once you saw that you weren't getting the job here, you went back to America and got yourself a job there.
1: Oh, absolutely I did. I couldn't stop. That, that was one thing that completely turned me off from continuing living in Ireland was, was the lack of work. I mean, I got it got to the it got to a point of ridiculousness where you know I, I stood in line every week for 150 euros to get on my on my you know for my doll. and don't get me wrong, I'm grateful for the for the, the matter was that I got very complacent with that, and I not that I didn't seek work, I did, but if it turn down over and over and over and over and over again, you know, it's just at some point you don't want to do it anymore. You just go like, the hell with this, you know? Why am I even here? And, and I made some wrong uh, decisions, you know, in my life. I mean, I've, I mean, I, yes, I am in business for myself, but this is probably third or fourth major time that I'm in business for myself. And, you know, I've failed before and I just, you know, I'm, I'm just very, overall, I'm a very, uh,
0: um, determined
1: person, very determined person. Yeah. I just don't, I don't give up period i just don't give up
0: let's talk a little bit about that and your experiences in trying to get a business going in the united states like the first time when you were working for a franchise and then the second time around (laughs) and why do you think you were never able to go into business for yourself in ireland
1: i I did (laughs) Uh, my biggest mistake when i was in ireland was to be out of that business i should have never done that
0: Mm. oh which one the courier
1: yes okay let's put it this way i did it in a really wrong moment of time it was a bad time that's all if i did it maybe in a different time frame i it would have been better but i did it right at the beginning of the great depression of 2008 2009 yeah so that's that kind of bit me right in my ass so but um the first time when i uh i had a franchise uh, i drove around with a diesel truck and uh i i basically fueled up uh heavy machinery that was Operating all over uh, Chicago where they don't have access to obviously fuel lines or anything like that So you have to bring the fuel to them. So I did that um, the franchise partners that I had unfortunately weren't very honest Okay. <laughs> so they, uh, they Didn't tell me about uh, that that the, the friend that the master franchise license holder had uh, that fell on me. So basically, I bought the franchise and then I started doing it. And then they told me, oh, by the way, you have a million dollars debt. Said, okay, that's kind of a problem. <laughs> how come you never, was su- Go ahead.
0: How come you never chose to get litigious? Why did you never sue them? Because they were broken bankrupt.
1: There was nobody to sue after that. Because the company sold out to the, to the highest bidder and then bankrupted in Canada, where they were their headquarters. Yeah, so there was nobody to sue the only thing i would have been able to do is go after the people in in a in a you know in a civil lawsuit for what though the mm. problem is i at the end of the day i didn't pay a dime out of that debt right. um, when i if i wanted to use if i wanted to sue them i should have sooner sued them the moment i found out about that debt right that that would still but again i doubt i would ever see a penny out of it the thing about america is if you don't if you don't have the money to pay guess what you don't have the money to pay and that's it as everybody probably heard of the Wolf of the Wall of Wall Street. Yeah, that guy owes over ten or fifteen million dollars to his uh, investors, government, taxes, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think he's ever going to pay back? No. Never. Exactly. But the guy walks. The guy goes around and does seminars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's unreal
1: welcome to america <laughs>
0: yeah, welcome to america indeed so let me ask you about the practicalities of it what did mm-hmm. you do in order to get approved for the franchise because I'm, I'm assuming whatever money they wanted you to put in you didn't have this in your bank account
1: oh i did not not only did i not have that money i never i never paid them the money either and so i i basically got into the franchise for free
0: that's fascinating how
1: i convinced i convinced them <laughs> that i'm a good person for it
0: oh that should have been a red flag for you if somebody's willing to let you in their club at no cost to yourself what garbage do they yeah. have floating in the background that they're just up yeah. to accept anyone
1: yep i agree with you but this is what's called trial and error
0: yes <laughs> and you were young as well
1: i was pretty young i was very young i was again not that very experienced um you know i found it to be a interesting opportunity i i mean for a while i was okay money was coming in so there was a lot of mistakes being done with this part of the whole thing you know let's put it this way bed timing number one number two uh bed part partners and mainly also i will always say that i blame myself for making just wrong decisions taking wrong you know taking a right turn instead of taking a left turn you know but but again that that that's something that you learn over time. It doesn't come, you know, it just doesn't come right away. You're not born with that kind of knowledge, you know? No. Business, is, business being in business for yourself is a risky thing. Of
0: course. That's
1: the bottom line. Um, you can win a lot, but you can lose a lot. It's almost like playing casino. Maybe the odds are better than in casino, obviously, but it's still pretty big odds.
0: So given the risk of being in business for yourself, why do you rather go that route than to work for somebody else and have a more secure position?
1: Um, well, that's probably my own personal preferences. For one, nobody tells me what my schedule is, except myself. And uh, the demands of work are what they are, and I have to comply with them. So I guess that's, you know, whatever the demand is, I, I have to go with. But on the other hand, you know, I don't have to beg my half-witted boss to give me, I just announced myself to my partners, yo, I'm gone. I'll be back next week. Bye. <laughs> and nobody says boohoo or anybody says nothing. You just say, okay, have a good time. <laughs> so that's number one. It's the freedom to do what you want to do when you want to do it. I just tell them, hey, don't count on me tomorrow. That's it. On. The rewards are great uh, if you work hard and you're consu- you're, this. you have to be disciplined and consistent. Because um, sometimes, you know, like, okay, like last two days, I slept six hours, I worked the rest of the 48 hours. But that's sometimes what it takes to, 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 to do what you need to do. I don't know. I mean, the rewards are great. The money is obviously there to be made. You just kind of situate yourself. Let me put it this way. My company in last year revenue, revenue over half a million dollars
0: that's really good
1: so obviously that's just revenue but yeah you know I got it I got a nice chunk out of that too don't get me wrong I completely applaud people that go to school and 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 get education because something that's my ambition as well it's something I want to do but I want to do it the other way around I want to retire and then go to school
0: (laughs) I think that's really clever actually because it's like you don't want to have nothing to do once you retire if you are going to retire you know what I mean
1: Oh, yeah. I, I agree. I cannot imagine me sitting out drinking iced tea all day long and reading a book. I just can't do that.
0: And another aspect of it is your brain probably needs more stimulation as you age than you do when you're young. Like cognitive oh. decline is a real thing. So to keep it going, to keep it engaged in new information is super
1: important. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with you. I mean...
0: People look at the structures that generally work for other people and they think that maybe that's the route that they should go and that's the route that others should go. But really, mm-hmm. we all need to kind of figure out our own journey because what works for one in a certain set of circumstance is not going to work for another person in a different set of circumstance because our circumstances are always going to be a little bit different because of our individual differences and individual experiences.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, there's I know people that, you know, I guess at the end of the day, I guess the bottom line is what is your measure of success?
0: Yeah. And what is your measure of success?
1: (laughs) Uh, It's something that I still am working on trying to figure out because honestly, it's such a vague thing. I mean, why, why do we, why are we in the red rat race that we are, you know, why, why am I hustling so hard to make money? I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, I want to drive a nice car. I mean, you know, I want, I, I want to have a boat. I want to have jet skis. I want to have bows. I, you know, I want to have all these things. But that's just material. That's, that's nothing to do really to me with measure success. Whether you drive, whether you drive a, a Fiesta or a Ferrari, it doesn't matter to me. It really does not. I guess at the end of the day, is, I measure it as far as my opinion of whether you're a good person or not.
0: <laughs> mm. So if you're uh, a good human being, then you've been a successful human being. In a grand
1: scheme of things, I would say so let's let me put it this way: What constitutes a good person? What constitutes good or bad? i mean i don 't think it's a it's a truly fully answerable question all the way, but I think everybody has their own idea about it and I do find that there are things in this world that do defy purely good and purely bad things, whatever is in the middle of it and if you're more pushed to the good versus to the bad because i think everybody is a very dual when it comes to that it's kind of a the the, you know the old yin and yang thing yeah um because i'm i know for myself i'm capable of very good things and i'm also capable of very bad things so
0: everybody is some people are more aware of it than others but i think we all have that dualistic side we're all very conditional yeah
1: oh yeah i totally believe that And, and there's some I've done some good things in my life. I've done some bad things in my life. But, but yeah, so anyway, so if you're leaning more towards good and you're overall a decent person, meaning you're not going to steal from me, you're not going to do anything crazy, for my measure of, of success is you have to be a productive person. You can't be a, a pest on somebody else's life. You can't be a freeloader. You can't, you know, For me, these kind of people are like, just, just go away. Why do you burden me with your shit? And, and a measure of success is it doesn't matter how much money you accumulate it matters how are you to your wife, how are you to your children, how are you to your partner, how are you to your 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 work partners, your your you know whatever your 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 colleagues. How, how what kind of person are you? But again, good and bad are a very uh, subjective thing. They're not they're not objective things. You know, for instance, an insurgent in, in, in Iraq. Okay, in the United States, obviously that that person will be one hundred percent vilified, and it's a horrible prank to kill our good boys. Okay, mm-hmm. but for the Iraqis, he's a freedom fighter. See what I'm saying?
0: Let me ask you this now. What shifts in your thinking have enabled you to push through resistance and succeed in life?
1: I definitely had to moderate and check myself completely.
0: Explain Especially, what you mean by moderate.
1: So it, as as we all know, we're all human beings and we, we have tendencies to do one thing or another, more or less. Some people have tendency of you know, laughing in wrong moments or saying stupid things in the wrong moment, yeah. that kind of stuff. So and 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 we since I was eighteen, when I moved to the to my first foreign country, I, my my mindset was sort of already pre-made, and and it was not easy to unfold. If you know what I'm saying, I was kind of set in the way of, of my point of views and and my worldview overall and and. Uh, for instance, I never experienced such thing as racism until I came to the United States. Right. And when people were saying, hey, don't hang out with this guy because he's black, you know, a bunch of white people said that to me. I looked at them like, why? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, he's just a dude, you know? He's just another guy. It's not, it's not, it's not a big deal. Um, and I did hang out with the guy just despite them, because I found that stupid and ignorant. And I think racism is overall completely stupid and ignorant. It has zero basis in anything. I had to depolishize myself <laughs> <laughs> in a certain sense and integrate myself into the society that I live with.
0: So, so it was a conscious effort.
1: Absolutely it is. Absolutely 100%. Like, for instance, I stopped getting mad at people that didn't want to drink straight vodka with me.
0: <laughs> you used to get mad at people for that? That is oh, mental.
1: <laughs> well, but if you lived in Poland and somebody's giving you in their house Uh, a shot of vodka and you don't take it, that's like an ultimate offense. Polish friends and they give you a a shot of vodka and you may hate it, but please just drink at least one of them and say, thank you so much. I really can't drink no more. I have stomach issues or something (laughs) like that. But just just drink the first one because it's very offensive not to do it. It really is. And it has everything to do with culture of that particular country. So I brought that with me. United States. So when I had I had my first American friends in my house, and I gave them vodka, they looked at me like I'm stupid, and I was really pissed with them. I don't because I was like, "How dare you?" You know, like, "Come on, man!" But after a while, I got used to it. Hey, you know what? This is just—they're not trying to be offensive. They just don't want to have any vodka, and I shouldn't take it so seriously because I'm not <laughs> in Poland anymore. And these—what do you call them? Idiocracies? No, not idiocracies. Um,
0: idiosyncrasies
1: idiosyncrasies that's it those idiosyncrasies that you're used to are not going to function anymore here so what i did i literally watched simpsons uh frazier all all good old american shows and i found simpsons to be absolutely atrocious and i didn't understand a word they were saying i didn't understand anything about simpsons when i came to the country
0: I've noticed that uh, a lot of foreigners, when they first come to the United States, they don't like The Simpsons humor, but it's taking the piss out of American culture, which a foreigner would have no knowledge of. Correct. So I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I I do understand why they wouldn't like it.
1: So, and and I was kind of a recluse at work. My first job was in a warehouse, so nobody wanted to talk to me except a black guy. <laughs> Ironically, and he was very uh, what we refer to as uh blackity get delicious.
0: <laughs> I like get delicious That's a great phrase.
1: So I did not understand half the half the shit he said to me. Because he, okay. he spoke he spoke pure ribonics, man. I mean, you know what i you know what I'm talking about. You experienced the United States. You yes. know what I'm talking about. Yeah, at first you don't understand a word I mean I didn't understand a word. I mean I said trousers for pants and I said dart for dirt. You know, and here I have, I have a guy, you know, that, that is talking, you know, his beautiful speech and I'm just like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, um, I had to, I had to modify all that. I had to drop the culture that I brought with me to a degree to be able to, to be able to, you know, adapt myself to, to the society I lived in. And I had to start doing American things, like, I don't know, eating chips and hot dogs, which I'd never done before. And I, by chips, I mean crisps and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and watching the game, which I didn't really care about, and stopped talking about soccer constantly because nobody gave a shit, and, you know, and, and, and that kind of stuff. So I started Americanizing myself, and, and truly, deeply, that was 100% my own conscious volition. There's yeah. no... Because because I wanted to be successful, and especially when I decide I'm going to sit, I'm going this is going to be my country. Uh, yeah, definitely, I had to push for that. You know, and it was it wasn't that easy at first. But it's not that I lost my Polishness. I still I'm still uh, very much a Polish man, and I'll do Polish things. And sometimes I even think Polish way. Unfortunately, and uh, <laughs> this is a joke. This is just a joke. But anyway, so yeah, so I think it's very important for, every, for anybody to come in. And I'm not saying they have to force themselves to change themselves completely to whatever standard is, 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 or whatever cultural ideas are in the country they're in. What I'm saying is that you gradually have to integrate yourself uh, into society if you're going to live in that country. So it's, it's, it's an integration versus separation, you know. And separation is not going to work for you. Unless, unless, unless you come in with big money already, and it doesn't matter at that point. So. Then you can expect everybody else to conform to you. But you have to be able to adapt and conform to the... To the. You will not succeed if you don't do that. I really don't think so. Like, I mean, you know, simple things. Like, uh, Irish people piss... Some of the Irish people piss me off at first because of their banter. And they're almost... you know, they, they, it, like, it sounds like they're trying to offend you. They're not. They're just completely joking with you. But I, I finally got used to that and I was like, holy shit, this is funny, <laughs> you know? And uh, you know, it's a gradual thing. I have to, you have to stop uh, insisting on bringing your culture into the country and having everybody conform, conform to that. You don't have to drop your culture because you really don't because I think everybody should be proud of their culture. But you know, that, that, that that's what makes everything more colorful and interesting. But on the other hand, like I was telling you know about the Irish people, you know, some Irish sounding to me like you know like they're, they're 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 trying to offend me but they weren't they were just being the, the Irish banter you know yeah, that goes back and forth out of everything. yeah taking a piss out of everything you know and uh, you know you know drunk drunkness plays part in that and I will never forget when somebody says oh come on open the doors I go on I go on well since you said go on I'll definitely do it oh you will <laughs> no you idiot <laughs> you know that kind of thing
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And and and, uh, and other stuff, and you know, and 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 again, in Ireland, it was all new experience for me as well to learn, you know, you wrecking my bulb, and 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 uh, you know, their their expressions, uh, to me, which when I was buying my first car in Ireland, and I called the guy and I asked him for an address, and all I found out was what was the city, and that was it, and his last name. I I didn't know where to go, and you know, he told me to uh, take whatever third street from the green rock on the left and I'm like what and I, and I didn't understand a word he was saying because he, he was missing teeth so it was even worse <laughs> you know and it's like oh my god I can't understand a word this man is saying but I set up an appointment with him that's kind of a funny story I set up an appointment with him to buy his car at uh, noon yeah. I showed up at his house at 7pm oh my god because I couldn't find his house because I could not get what he's saying on the phone
0: I think that's a beautiful story of tenacity, because you had an appointment for 12, and instead of giving up and going, screw this, this is ridiculous, you're like, no, I'm going to find this prick's house, and you
1: did. I did find it, and when he saw me, he was like, um, he, he asked me if this is how we do shit in Poland, which I was looking at, him like, is he joking with me, or is he actually trying to be offensive? But he started cracking up, so I started cracking up, too.
0: So how do you deal with failure? You just keep on going?
1: You just keep going. You just, okay, what did I do wrong? What, what made, was it, you know, you, you analyze things, and, and you have to, okay, so you have to analyze things, especially something big happens. Your attitude really doesn't change much. You know, it's just, you're just doing the same thing over and over very
0: systematic. As long as nothing goes into chaos, there's no reason for you to revise you're anything. Right. Nothing's terrible. You're right
1: right but if something big happens you go you go to work and then all of a sudden they say um we're out of business and pack your shit you're done okay now you have to start analyzing first of all forget about circumstances forget about bed timing forget about all of this because this is outside of your control completely and if you're going to focus on that you're always going to in your own mind you're going to create this victim attitude saying you things were done to me or somebody did something to me or I was wrong, then blah, blah, blah. Forget about this. People will wrong you all your life. You know, businesses will go out of business. I mean, shit will happen. That's it. It's out of your control. What you need to analyze is your own behavior. What happened that I ended up in this situation? And then you start thinking, oh, you know what? I had first indications of this failing like two years ago. But if I was more... uh, thinking, you know, proactively and said, hey, I'm going to start looking for a better job now versus waiting until the last moment because I was compliant. You know what I'm saying? So you start analyzing what you, you personally did wrong to get you to where you at. And I don't think you can ever get rid of mistakes overall. If you hear about these huge success stories, people, they usually went through turmoil and hell. Absolutely. And back.
0: That's the pattern. You, uh, you, try, know, you try something, you fuck up, you get up and try to learn, and you do it again. And that cycle yep. keeps repeating. It. You gain some edge every single time you get up and try again because you've learned something.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And, and that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Forget about blaming everything around you. Blame yourself for your own failures. Blame your own decisions for your own failures. Like with my first franchise. Yeah, I had bad partners. Screw it. Yeah, it was bedtime. Screw it. Yeah, they cheated. To, they, they lied to me. Okay, screw it. Then they went back to screw it. Screw it all. Screw it all. What did I do to get myself in this situation? Well, for one, I said yes to it. For two, I ignored, ignored red flags, like you said. You know, yeah. three, I could have sensed that something is going wrong probably two, three months ahead of time,
0: mm.
1: but, but I ignored it. I chose to ignore it. Why? Because I got into routine and I got complacent and the money was okay and you know that kind of stuff so it's hard it really is and and, you know you look at people like i don't know super successful people like i don't know steve jobs for instance i don't think he was a successful man because at the end he was dying alone and i i think he was not successful at all but money wise he definitely was okay one of my role models uh alan sugar alan sugar is a man that started the amstrad empire it's a, it's a, it's a British company, uh, that started in, uh, well, he was around in seventies already, but they boomed in eighties and nineties. They're still around and they still make stuff, but it was an electronic company. The guy literally knew it's like, he was a magician when it comes to reading the the market. Okay. He knew what people going to want before they knew what they're going to want without a product. So guy was super successful, but he went through a lot, a lot, a lot of downfall, you know, I, I recommend to everybody to go and, and watch a documentary on Helen Sure. Definitely very, very good business model for sure to, to follow. All the great men and women of the world, you know, they all failed miserably, many times over. If you fail, imagine this is what I always imagine. If I fail miserably, yeah, I can be pissed about it for a couple of days or whatever. You you move on from that point and you just go on and Say it's an English class, and you're learning vocabulary and grammar. Okay. You learn and learn and learn, and you kind of know it, but not really. But you kind of talk to people and all that. Well, that's cool. And you go, and you do your exam, and you fail that exam. Well, what do you do? You got to study more. You study more. You go again for an exam. Now you pass the exam. You're good. Yeah? Same thing with failure in life and, and in business specifically okay you failed fine scratch that don't make the same mistakes find new partners find people to work with get on with it that's it next time you are not going to fail at this the last thing you want to do is beat yourself over something that you, you failed at even if it's your blatantly your own negligence and fault it doesn't matter next time you will know not to be negligent <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, we, everything that we learn is based on failures. Everything from the, from the wee tiny little baby. The only thing that we know for sure when we are born is to how, how to, how to get milk from your mama. That's it. We don't know anything else. Everything else we learn by 100% failing at it. Imagine how many times you, you fell when you were learning to walk. Exactly. You know, and I don't want to sound like some fucking cliche, you know, frame on a desk of some idiot in the, in a, in a, you know, <laughs> some office or something. You know, failure is just the road, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, I don't want to, I don't want to say but that. I don't it wanna is sound.
0: part of the road to success. You don't reach success without fucking up. That's just reality.
1: You, you can't, you cannot. If you, if you, no, there's a one way that you can reach financial success without ever failing at it. And that's when you're born into what's called old money. Yeah, but you,
0: but, the, but you didn't reach it. It was given to you.
1: Exactly. You didn't do any of that. So another frippin awesome example of people that really made themselves is Mark Cuban. Again, I, I, I urge people to – and he is a offspring of an immigrant as well. So another <clears throat> look at Elon Musk for crying out loud. I
0: know. Unreal. <laughs> Speaking of immigrants. About, we can talk about Mark Cuban next time. I'll ask you one final question. Go for it. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first moved to America?
1: That, you know, I kind of was wondering about that, too. What would I like to know? I mean, you know what? I would like to know, regardless of whether I moved to America or not, I would like to know what I know now when I was 18. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: That's you and me both.
1: I mean, I'd, I'd get so much more tail for one. And uh, I probably would be a uh, I probably be a millionaire if I knew what I now that I knew when I knew back then. I guess number one, what I really wish I knew is how to not be so focused on my own shortcomings and and be more open to to be with to be around people and and deal with people and how to read people and discern them and find out what makes them tick because I'll tell you this all of my businesses that I ever started I did it with zero money just so everybody knows that's really impressive it's not like I worked my ass off and saved hundred thousand dollars and then I worked and then I started my business nope I convinced other people to give me money to start my business and that's it's not that's probably the best flipping thing I ever done and I'm a pretty good convincer of things I I literally convinced people to to invest in me, and they and they haven't regretted it. So that's good. But I mean, it's not easy to come to somebody and say, "Hey, how about if you give me you know a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment, and I'll see what I can do with it."
0: <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's a feet and a half.
1: So right there, you know. You, but again, this all has to do with attitude and how you talk to people. So I guess this is one thing that you know you have, I wish I knew when I was 18, I wish I knew how to network with people that I can do it right, like I can do right now. Everybody I meet has a friend that can do something new or something else. Or it's like almost, imagine you have this huge library and every single book is perfect for one particular skill or one particular topic. And all you need to do is just find it and pick it up and then it'll be perfect. So that's what I wish I knew back then is how to really network with people and use their abilities to 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 mutual advantage. You know what I'm saying? Because I was never I was never I wasn't born with with money. Um I come from a very poor family. Even in Poland we were poor, so <laughs> that gives you an idea there. You know, I, I'm not super intelligent or anything like that. I'm just an average guy. I really am. Uh it's there's nothing extraordinary about me. You know, if you see me on the street, I'm just a chubby old Polish guy that's rolling around. That's it. It's, 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 you know, I mean, seriously, there's there's nothing really so special about me. The only the only thing that I find, again, that I wish I knew is not to be so self-absorbed when I was younger. Um, and I think it goes for everybody, um, and and especially like I said, if people are immigrating from from other countries to Ireland or United States, it doesn't matter where they are going. But they all have one goal in in, in In their mind to make their lives better and the only way you can do that is by networking with people by being a a people person not a not a recluse if you're gonna separate yourself you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to accomplish anything there are opportunities in my life that I said no to because I chose emotional involvement versus practical stuff you know yes but but I think everybody don't make those mistakes Um, and like I said all you can do is just learn And don't lose yourself in all of it, too. That's, I guess, my my best advice. Because you got to know what you want. You can't lose your idea of what you want from life, you know? It's very important that you don't lose your vision. Because if you lose your vision, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter how high or how low your bar is. It doesn't matter. If you lose that vision, you're not going to accomplish it.
0: No, you need aims. But the thing is, I find with most young people, and it certainly was true of me, I had no vision when I was young. I was fucking lost. That's the truth.
1: And I mean, I, I remember, uh, I don't know if you want to say more about this stuff or not, but well, you know, I remember when I met you and, you know, we both were crazy. That's true. Yeah.
0: You,
1: know, you, were, you were crazy for different reasons. I was crazy for different reasons.
0: Yeah? Exactly. We both had our baggage and our trauma and we were pretty mental.
1: Thought we were. That's definitely <laughs> true. <laughs> but anyway, it all works out in the end. I mean, uh, you know, Again, you can't lose your vision. You have to have good motivation. Like my motivation, I I I made my motivation to be a good family guy, you know, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's, I guess, what I always wanted. I, I didn't really.
0: You achieved that I now. Did. You have two kids and yep. every misses, and it all worked have, out in the end.
1: I have two. I have two um, spoiled, rotten children. Uh, they're in their twenties, and they every year. Their cost is going up.
0: <laughs> they say that you're done parenting when your kids reach 18. That is bullshit. <laughs> that is the biggest sack of shit ever. I mean, okay, over. okay.
1: Uh, listen, let me put it this way on this on this part. If if you're if you're gonna and again, I'm not judging anybody's parenting skills or their ways of parenting, whatever. None of that matters. But <sighs> I okay, so I pay my daughter's tuition for school. Yeah, out of pocket, which I don't know if people know in in Ireland, but it costs a lot of money in the United no, States. No, in America,
0: it's stupid it, money. Everybody knows that education is pretty much unaffordable money. there.
1: It's it's insane. So thank goodness that I do not good enough to pay her tuition. I also she also drives uh, a decent car. Uh, that I pay for, I pay for insurance, I pay for her cell phone bill, I pay for her half of her apartment i pay it 's basically like having another full grown family thing I told her if she gets pregnant i 'm done that 's it because <laughs> I will not support everybody that 's not going to happen at some point. you need to learn responsibility for as for my son, um, I so far paid out ten grand for his flight school that he hasn 't finished yet because he wants to become a pilot. So I have to pay another five grand for him. He drives my car that he claims is his car, but it's not. <laughs> and, 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 that, and that's because it's, you know which car it is. It's, yeah. it's, that, it's that Mustang GT, so, um, etc. cetera. Um, I mean, I have a lot of obligations, let's put it this way. But ob- I, I, I will say this. If, you, if you're going to tell your children, okay, once you're 18, you're out, you're doing your children a huge misservice or disservice or in this day and age of where we live. It may have been good and okay 40 years ago, but right now it's just not going to work. If you don't help your kids, they are screwed. And that's the truth. They will, whatever their dreams are, as long as to me, as long as they're productive and they want to be what they want to be and they're going for it, they're striving for it, I'm more than happy to help them. If they're going to stop trying, I will stop paying. But if they don't stop trying, then I will keep paying. If you know what I'm trying to say, yeah. Because because and you know it yourself in this day and age, it's you you're throwing your kid at a very very into very deep water, and who knows where they're gonna swim or sink? It's just you're making it harder on them. That's it. Yeah. I mean, shit. I wish my parents said like, all you need to do is go to school and we'll pay for everything. Oh, and by the way, here's a car. <laughs> <laughs> Our
0: parents were not in a position to do that, and you know that. No. Yeah.
1: No, I know our parents it, But you know what I'm saying, though, right? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's just, um, if you can't, I'm not saying, I'm not, if, you, if you're not able to, I understand that. But if you have the capability of it, why the hell not? The How about that? I'd rather pay for my daughter's tuition. I can always, I can always pay myself. I can always give myself a, that kind of stuff when I'm retired, when she's making $300,000 a year she's becoming a chemical engineer. So wow,
0: there you go. She can support daddy in her latter years of success. That's Exactly
1: what I told her. I'm one hundred I told her I'm one hundred percent expecting you to pay for all my travels every year and buy me uh of um an old cutlass supreme nineteen seventy one with four forty two in it. Holy <laughs> story. I'm not uh, you know again I it's not a thing that I want probably want to say to everybody is mainly count on yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: With everything, because you never know at the end of the day. So.
0: Thank you so much for chatting with me today. And we'll do this mm-hmm. again. And I think next time, maybe we'll chat a little bit more about the details of networking and okay. getting, getting over your self absorption as a young person. Because I think that's a really useful uh, conversation to have. I think that's a, yeah. that a lot of young people have, and it's good to get notions or advice from people that are older and have been where they are.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. No problem at all. I mean,
0: it would be amazing if a year from now you can come to Ireland and we'd be doing this in my studio and the recording will be perfect.
1: That would be great. Like I told you, I, I already feel like a celebrity. So okay. <laughs> Thank all you
0: right. so much all for joining right. today.
1: Absolutely. And good luck to everybody. Good luck to you. Thank you for having me and until uh, next time. Take care.
0: Cheers.